0: Uh, If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, this is a standalone message and we'll get into a series uh, next week, Uh, but I always like to start off the new year uh, with a little bit of reflection over some of the things that took place last year and then some of the things that we want to implement this year as a church, Uh, but how many of you have New Year's traditions? Anybody have New Year's traditions? Uh, Let me share just a few of them that uh, it's funny to kind of see these things float around. How many of you eat black-eyed peas on New Year's Day as a tradition? How many of you have had blessings because of those black-eyed peas? Uh, Collard greens? We're in the South, that's a, uh, a New Year's Day tradition, uh, cornbread and ham, now we're getting to the good stuff, right? Uh, so some of these things that come with it, uh, but as I was studying this past week, I was looking through uh, other countries' traditions, and I found some that were a little bit intriguing to me. In Greece, you know, there should be a picture of their flag that comes up, um, this is an interesting tradition that we're probably not going to start in my household, but here we go. An onion is traditionally hung from the front door of a house on New Year's Eve as a symbol of rebirth for the coming year. Now listen, parents will wake up their children by tapping them on the head with the onion. Any, any kids hit with onions this morning? Good, no defects called or anything like that because you got beat by an onion to get here to church this morning. Another one, in Denmark... Uh, This is an interesting tradition. It is believed that smashing plates. Now, I got to be honest. After watching the Georgia game, I almost did this. Uh, It is believed that smashing plates on your neighbor's doorstep brings good luck. (laughs) Can you imagine in our neighborhood of Sangrina Woods if we just threw plates at everybody's door and said, it's going to bring you good luck next year? But here's the understanding, the more broken crockery at your door, the better your luck for the next year. So imagine that if you were to throw plates at people's doors for the new year, you're telling them, good luck, and I'm sitting there going, I don't need luck, I need you to clean up your mess, that's what I need. This was the most intriguing one to me because uh, if you know one thing about Siberia, you know that it's cold in Siberia, right? Right? Here's the tradition in Siberia. I'm going to be honest, those people aren't right in the head. The tradition is to dive into a frozen lake. Now, catch this. In Siberia, not in South Georgia or Florida or the Bahamas, in Siberia, to jump, to dive into a frozen lake while holding a tree trunk, which is placed underneath the ice. Now, I got to be honest. I'm good with collard greens and black-eyed peas and ham and cornbread and all those things like that. Uh, but it's interesting how much we place in New Year's. How many of you have set out some New Year's uh, resolutions for this year? How many of you have kept said New Year's resolution for the first morning? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to work on that this year. Uh, but it is really just another day when you think about it. In Ethiopia... Their new year typically falls on September 11th or 12th. The Chinese new year be- begins somewhere between January 21st and February 21st. But for us, for some reason, this new day brings with it a new understanding and maybe just a little bit of a refocus. Now, anybody set resolutions for weight loss goals? Okay, uh, I'm the only one? Good. I feel like the only fat kid in the room right now. But uh, what, it, it, it's interesting that we view this as a day that we can begin, maybe for mental health or for better habits. But for believers, it goes this way. It's a reminder of a fresh start for us. When we placed our faith and trust in Christ, he made us a new creature. Amen? And sometimes we need to be reminded of that new creature that has been made. Sometimes we get lost in the things and the daily busyness of life and we allow things to creep into our life and we need a day to just look back and to go, what do I need to grow in? What do I need to change this year? It should be this time of evaluation for us. Maybe it's that you need to pick a daily Bible reading plan. Look, I spent a little bit of time looking through some version apps that are just daily Bible reading plans. And I'm amazed at how many believers have not read through the Bible in its entirety. And you go, man, like, I want to know God. I want to know God. Do you know how you know God? Through his word. So maybe this year, one of those New Year's resolutions or one of those evaluations is that I just need to read God's word and know who he is this year. Look, it can start with the whole thing, a book, and I challenge you don't take off more than you can chew. Listen, this is not a a required checkbox of going, hey, I accomplished it. This is to be read for content as it speaks to us in living truth. For some, it's the dedicating the time to prayer. One of the things that has been kind of a growing tradition for me is when I'm in the car by myself, it is a time of prayer. It is just a pause Now, most of the time, that prayer is that you would move out of the way so I could drive faster. But when it's not, it's praying for other individuals, praying for things that need to take place in my life, praying for my wife, praying for my kids, putting those things as time in prayer. For some, the act of prayer is this scary thing that we go, how would we ever talk to God? It's simple. Talk to him as your creator, as your heavenly father. So let me give you a few highlights over the last year. And listen, as I was putting this together, I was a little bit excited about some of the things that the Lord did over the past year. I don't know if you know this, but the church was shut down for COVID. Anybody know that? Um, Y'all were really hard to get back to church. I don't know if you know that or not. But it's been one of those things where over the past year, we have built the church again. Can you just praise the Lord for that? Look. When all this began, I was a little nervous, going, I don't know if we're going to make it through this. We're a newer church. We don't have deep roots, deep foundations. And God has brought us back. And listen, we are a healthier version of a church with community groups, with deacon family ministry. And listen, one of the things that I would challenge you in over this next year is to get involved with a community group. You say... "Uh, Yeah, but I have to be here like an hour early. Really? Sometimes I look at it and I go, man, if you were going to the Georgia game, would you be there an hour early? (laughs) The Florida State fan said no. Shocking. It's crazy that we try to give God as little as possible and get by. And it's got to change. Look, we have built this with the Deacon Family Ministries where our deacons are loving on your families and encouraging them. Numerically, now not this morning, so don't don't look at that. But numerically, we are back to our pre-COVID numbers. That is incredible. I didn't know if we would get there. But it's at that point where we're growing again. Financially, let me share just a few things with you that are just really encouraging to me. Last year, we paid off the land behind us. Check this out. $450,000 in seven years paid off by this church. That is incredible. Here's the crazy part. In that process, we had started a capital campaign to build up capital to be ready for this next building. Do you know that you guys have continually faithfully given to that and it is continually growing today? Look, the money that we have stopped paying on the land, now a portion of that goes into our savings account to make sure that we're ready to build. Look, if you look at the back of us, we are no longer renting spaces out. We don't need to financially. Our church is financially strong right now. We are renovating space for more community groups and for social events. Look, we're doing this at a pace that we can pay it off as we go type of thing. And it's done by volunteers. And I I look and I say, man, God is at work in this place. He is building this place. Another thing that you haven't seen yet, and I really hoped it would be on site this week, uh, but we bought a bus. Now, not a new bus, But an older used bus, and it's been getting graphics put on it for about the last six months, it seems like. (laughs) I'm told it'll be done Tuesday. I don't know. But the reason that we bought a bus, we scoured the internet and we looked for months so that we could find something that our students could go to camp in, that our students could do events in, that, listen... In the future, we would love to drive to some of these nursing homes where people can't drive and get out and bring those folks to church. But look, these are the things that we've been putting together knowing that God has worked in our hearts and worked in our lives. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a new sign out front. Anybody seen that as you were coming in? We don't fully know how to work it just yet, uh, but when we do, it's supposed to be really awesome <laughs> when we can get more than just one, uh, one one thing that's up there. But Look, all of that has taken a lot of money to put together, and the Lord has been faithful to us, and so when we look over this past year, we can praise the Lord, amen? But it's funny how quickly we forget what He's done. And so this morning, I want to share with you a scripture uh, that that has been on my heart for a couple of years. In Ephesians chapter 3, I told you 4 in the early part, but you're not awake. So Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. I I love how this starts because the context of this is that Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus. He knew that uh, they, they were struggling to kind of take their next steps. And so he wanted to refine a few things for the church at Ephesus. He wanted it to be very clear that they needed to kind of focus and hone in on what he was going to tell them so that they could move forward. Now, I I tell you that to lay the framework for what we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. Because God does not want us as a church just to look back and go, look at all that was accomplished last year. This year we have nothing to do. Look, I promise you there's plenty of work for us to do and we'll get there here in just a second. But This should help us as we kind of focus in on 2023. And I love how he starts this in, ver- in chapter three and verse 14. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees. Now understand the starting point is this. Anytime we look at our relationship with God or we evaluate our relationship with God, it starts with recognizing that he is God and we are not. Look, I don't know about you, but bowing is one of those things that that doesn't really happen very much anymore. And so I'm one of those guys that when I want to get serious with God, when I want to get serious in prayer, I bow my knees. I put my head in a couch or in a chair, and I ask God to speak. The purpose of bowing down is recognizing that God is our king, and we are not. You know that the reason that they would bow before a king in in, in olden historical time period is they would make themselves vulnerable. They would say, before you I am unworthy, I will make myself vulnerable and I will bow before you. And I love how Paul understands this as he starts off. He says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I love that the framework and the laying of this is that he has created every family that is on this earth. Every one of you were designed and created by God. And our starting purpose is to bow before him and know that he is our God. Love what he says in verse 16 and verse 17. He says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit and in your inner being. Listen, he tells us that not only are we to bow before him, but when we bow before him, when we recognize him as, our, as, his, as God in our life, that his richness, his glory, his gifts are now given to us and he strengthens us. Have you ever felt weak? Look, the older I get, the weaker I feel. My, my kids and I were um, uh, off on Friday, and so dad grabbed the chainsaw, the girls grabbed the four-wheelers, and we started cleaning up some of the things on the property, and it was funny because uh, there was a piece of wood that was really light, but it looked really heavy, and I looked at my kids, and I was like, hey, let me show you how strong dad is, and I acted like it was super heavy, and I picked it up, and I was like, oh, man, and then Caroline was like, let me see it. And I hit it, she was like, Really? <laughs> this anticlimactic moment of showing my strength. But it's funny because we don't look to the source of strength anymore. We've become okay with being weak as Christians. We look at ourselves and go, Oh, poor, pitiful me. We're just, we're weak. It's interesting that the context that goes along with Christianity, and my my daughter has joined a uh, softball team, which is epic, Everything Possible in Christ. It's a Christian organization. And can I be very real and very honest with you? I was kind of afraid to go to them because I didn't think they would be competitive because they were Christian. I mean, I'm being honest. That's our perspective a lot of times is that Christians don't want to work hard. Christians don't want anything to be, they they just think everything is going to be handed to them. Can I tell you that that is no farther than the truth, but God gives you the strength to overcome it. And we're not tapping in. continues. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. I love this because he says you're not rooted in anger or frustration. You're not rooted in just this, this divisiveness. You are rooted in love. And look, sometimes the Christian faith has this connotation of divisiveness. but The reality is that we are rooted in love, that everything that we do comes from a place of genuinely loving other people. Now look, it takes strength to love other people. Anybody in here married? Just, I mean, don't raise your hand because it's New Year's and we're trying to have a good day. Sunday we're in church. But how many of you, don't raise your hand, don't, don't start the New Year off this right. How many of you would say your spouse is hard to love? Nobody raised their hand. Praise the Lord. (laughs) How many of you would say you're the one that's hard to love? Look, I'll be honest. In my household, I'm the one that's difficult. I get it. The strength to genuinely love others comes from the Lord. If you're having a hard time loving other people, at the root of it is your relationship with Christ. He continues with this theme of strength to comprehend in verse 18. He says, may, and that we may have the strength to comprehend with all of the saints. And listen to what he says. What is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that what surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. So many times I have people that come into my life and they go, Jeff, I'll be honest, I don't read the Bible because I don't really know what it's saying, so I just stopped. I want to take them to this passage of Scripture that says, look, God will give you the strength to understand it. Look, the depth, the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, God will give you the strength to know it and to understand it. But look, it takes dedication on your part. You've got to quit being people that are so easily defeated. Man, that's complicated. I'll just wait for Pastor Jeff to explain it. Look, I promise you it's not that complicated if I can understand it. Thank you for not amening. <laughs> the strength to comprehend this comes from God. I love what he says in verse 20 and verse 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Catch that. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think here's the caveat, according to the power at work within us. Because of this, he is able to do far more than what we could ever even ask. Can I ask a question? How many, how many of you got what you asked for for Christmas? How many of you remember Christmas happened a week ago? How many of you can't remember what you get, what you got, period? Okay, just help me out here. How many of you got something that you asked for for Christmas, even if you bought it for yourself? Those are good gifts. Would you have ever gotten that gift if you had not laid subtle hints or asked for it in some way? So the reality is, We understand this for Christmas. We'll drop subtle hints. Really like those shoes? That's a nice car. (laughs) (laughs) I love that watch. Honey, did you see that watch that they had? That's great, it's beautiful. I don't know about you, but kids make it really easy with a whole list. I want this, and I want this. And I did the math. It would cost me about five grand each child to provide their Christmas list. Anybody with me? For some reason, we have stopped asking God to work. Now, maybe it's that we're asking him the wrong things. Now, some of you, your ask of God is this. God, please let me win the lotto. How many of you last night said, God, please let the Bulldogs win? And I would tell you, you're asking for the wrong thing. Here's the ask. God, would you work in this person's life? God, I want to see my family member, my coworker come to know Christ this year. God, please give me the boldness and the understanding to share your love with somebody. God, please give me the knowledge that when I'm asked a question about the faith, I can answer it. God, please give me the strength to help somebody overcome sin in their life. God, please give me the strength through discipleship to teach somebody how to genuinely live for Christ. Look, stop asking to win the lotto. God doesn't care about the money in your life. God cares about your heart. Look, we've gotta stop living In this casual approach, that nothing ever happens. We get 70 to 90 years at best on this earth. Our goal should be to glorify God with every waking moment. You say, Jeff, you're a little fired up. Scripture will do that tired of watching people in the church come every Sunday and accomplish nothing for the kingdom of God. Look, I realize it. I'm 45 years old. At best, I get 20 years left with this church and I've been with it 12. Man, over these next 20 years, I want to see this city reached with the gospel. I want to see people in this community's life changed because they know the love of Jesus Christ. I want to see people 20 years from now that have been in this church and they are spiritual giants. But it has to start with each one of us doing our part. We've got to stop looking around and going, man, maybe they'd be good at this. Maybe they'd be good at this and take it upon ourselves and just say, God, I want you to do far more abundantly than I can even ask in my own heart. And I ask for a lot. And when he begins to do that, verse 21 comes into effect. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. Listen, in a true, transparent moment, when COVID struck, in those first couple of months of being shut down as a church, man, it ate me up. I am a task-oriented guy. I am somebody that has to see something moving and moving forward, or I go nuts. My wife will tell you, one of my greatest gifts and flaws is that if you're close to me, the expectations are high, but as soon as you meet that expectation, they go higher. And I would sit and I would pray. I'd go, God, what's going on? Is it, is it time just to give the world over to a reprobate mind and just, and I'm not sure that I even want to pastor through this. And over the past year, I've seen the health and the strength of this church individually. And I've seen that God's not done. He hasn't stopped. Look, if everything in your life has shaken you, God is still faithful in all things. So let me challenge you. Let me transition. We know the strength of God. We know that he can do far more abundantly than we could ever even ask. So here's what we're looking at for 2023. Now, let me be honest with you. I can't accomplish these things. My plate is continually loaded down to the gills. It's gonna take some of you in this place to step into some of these areas so that we can continue to reach this community. But it starts here. Focusing on God more in your life. That's where it has to begin. That's where this starts. Everything else is shaky ground if you are not standing wholeheartedly on Christ. Look, I promise you, you will fail, it will fail if you don't have the right motivation and the right focus. So I challenge you this year in 2023, take a step in your spiritual walk. Begin a Bible reading plan. Begin a prayer challenge. Begin just an understanding of knowing what other people's lives are going through and just send them a simple text that says, how can I pray for you today? And then stop and pray. I can promise you that the key centerpiece to Pooler Bible Church is God. It is not a personality. It is not a worship team. It is not a pastor. It is not an individual in this church. It is God. Every week when I go to his scriptures I say, God, what do you want spoken? Now, I don't know if you know this about Jeff Hubbard, but he's pretty opinionated. There's times when I go, hey, God, I think you should speak on this one. He goes, no, Jeff, I got this. Forget it, it's your church. God, when do I get to do what I want to do? Never? <laughs> okay, that's funny. Really? Look, look, The reason that some of you are failing in life, the reason some of you are failing at stepping into a ministry or stepping into some area of the church is because of your personal relationship with Christ. If the only Jesus that you get is the 30 minutes on Sunday mornings that I give you, you are missing out on who God is. Man, as much as I know about Scripture and His love, He is amazing in how He speaks to us individually. So let me start with a few future plans. In August, we plan on beginning to put together Wednesday nights for the whole church. You say, We've kind of tried that with catechism classes and some of those things like that, but let me just reveal my heart to you. Spiritually, we as a church are a little bit anemic. When it comes to knowing uh, uh, the, the deep things of God and knowing what it means to genuinely stand firm in our faith, some would have a difficult time doing that. So we also believe that strengthening your kids and their spiritual walk is an important part of what we are as a church. And so on Wednesday nights in August or September when this begins, hopefully we'll have so many workers in children's ministry that we can do Awanas or RAs or GAs or whatever is out there now that we can help grow these kids Spiritually. The other part is this. For those of you that are adults, that may be relatively new to the faith, I hope that Wednesday night will become this new tradition for you. That you grow and you deepen your faith. And think about it. A year after this starts, I promise you, you will be so much stronger in your faith if you'll just commit an hour to an hour and a half on a Wednesday night. Look, in times past, I'll be honest, I didn't really like Awanas because most parents would come and bring their kids and go out on a date night. As much as your date night is good, you need to be spiritually growing as much as your kids are. Amen? One of the things that we're praying about putting together is an after-school program for two of our local schools in this area. And you say, Jeff, why would you do that? Oh, it's about the money. <laughs> can I tell you? It's not about the money. We need to get kids in our community on this campus so that we can share the love of Christ with them. Amen. I can't think about parents in this community that are looking for an after-school program where the people of the church take it very seriously to show Christ's love, to provide an environment, not just to fulfill homework needs or different things like that, but that when they walk into this place, they love it here, they feel safe, they know the love of God, and it's shared with them. Look, the reason that God provided us a bus is not so that it would just sit on our property and decay. (laughs) We're going to use this to get kids on this campus in the afternoons to be able to do some of those things. Look, a few things that are really kind of cool that have taken place over the past six months. When we paid off the land, our elders room got very serious about putting together plans on what to build. I can tell you that this process takes way longer than Jeff Hubbard is happy with. (laughs) but we have completed plans that are gonna be bidded out in the next couple of months. So I tell you that to say we're working hard behind the scenes, but let me just be real with you. I don't know if you've noticed, anybody realize inflation has taken place? Anybody know that interest rates are higher than what we started at? So unless somebody's willing to loan us about four and a half million dollars at a really low interest rate. Any takers? Man, I prayed about that one. God, I asked you for that one. Just kidding. Understand, it's going to take us sacrificially giving to fulfill what God's called us to do. Look, God did not bless us with that land for it to sit empty. God blessed us with that land so that we could build a church that would accommodate more individuals in this community. Now, understand, with this, it's not about a building. Okay, I I promise you, so far in the life of this church, we have rented a space, been in a movie theater, been in a strip mall. (laughs) It's not about a building for us, Amen? amen? But I gotta be honest, I'm tired of making things work. It'd be nice to be in a place that was actually a dedicated church, not an oblong strip mall. But to do that, we need to grow. Look, I'm not one of those guys that counts and tries to manipulate church growth or different things like that. But I am burdened that in the life cycle of this church, we have been on the border or on the cusp of doing two services three times at this point, And we've never been able to pull it off successfully. Something happens. Something changes. COVID, when we were in the movie theater, we couldn't do two services because um, movie times that come out at 11 o'clock, We've been to this place where we're ready to pull the trigger and look. Over the past couple of months, if you look at our attendance, there are about every other week in this place, it's full. But We need it to be full every week. So let me be very real with you. I can't individually grow the church alone. I promise you, <laughs> I do my part in trying to seek out people that need a church home. But we need every one of you taking seriously the task that God has laid before us. You so, oh, just trying to grow the church for, can I, can I put any doubt in your mind? There is no other ulterior motive of me or our elders other than to see people come to know Christ and to grow in their relationship with him. I'm always amazed that we'll invite people to a New Year's party out to dinner to play golf to so many different things for some reason we've been told it's scary to invite people to church can i tell you it's not that scary they either say yes or no and then you begin to pray for them you begin to see the god open up the doors I promise you, he'll begin to put people in your path that need his love. But you have to be willing to go. So I tell you all that to challenge you. And I go back to this verse in Ephesians chapter 3 for what we just read. In verse 20 now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think reality is that our our church comes down to whether or not you believe that he can i promise you when we look back and we reflect over 2023 my heart is to say Look what God did through his church, through his people. But I can tell you, as much as you accept this challenge, it's going to take you getting on your knees and bowing before God. It's going to take you getting in his word and growing in your relationship with Christ. And it's going to take some boldness on your part to say, okay, God, Where do you want me to serve? Okay, God, what do you want me to do? I promise you, he is going to lay that out before you, and you're going to have to say, yes. God, I will do this. I love that if you look over scripture, when God asked Moses to approach one of the scariest characters in his life, he said, God, I can't, I stutter. Oh, well, take him with you. He doesn't stutter. I love that every time God calls somebody, everybody has an excuse. But listen, when God reveals to you that he's called you to do something, don't make an excuse. God is bigger than that. So let me close with this. Will you be a part of growing the kingdom of God with us at Pooler Bible Church? I promise you, I plan on living the rest of my days striving to bring glory and honor to the Lord. Is your desire that same desire? If not, I would tell you, when the worship team sings, there's an altar that's open to you that you would just say, God, this year needs to be different. God, this year, I want to grow in my spiritual walk. I want to reach people for Christ. I want to be involved with what God is doing. Look, this has got to be a paradigm shift in our own hearts and in our own lives. We have to stop looking at the church as something that we attend if if nothing else is going on. We have to make sacrifices in our own life to be here, to be a part of it. We have to make sacrifices in our own life that on Saturday night, we go to bed early enough to go to church on Sunday morning. It's gonna take you focusing on your relationship with Christ, being disciplined, that sometimes when you wake up and you just don't wanna read scripture, that you read it until God speaks. It's gonna take you praying a prayer. having a conversation with somebody and I've been sharing Christ with a person in my life for like the past three years. There's, over those past three years, sometimes I look and I say, God, are we done? Is it time to move on somewhere else? And God goes, not yet. Man, God, this is getting old. Look, whatever the prayer, whatever it is in your heart, be faithful to God. If everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. The worship team's gonna come forward and close us out with a song. Look, I know that you didn't get much sleep last night and I know that I've been a little rough on you today. But the reality is this. I love you. I care about you. And I don't want to see you continue to go the same way that you're going. My hope and my prayer this morning is that you'll begin to take a step in your faith. That you'll stop making excuses. And you will be a person of action. Dear Father, I come to you humbled and thankful for you this morning. Lord, this passage of Scripture has aided me for two years. Father, please let me be a person that asks you (laughs) some of the craziest things for your kingdom. Father, help me not just to ask and hope you put it on display, but, Lord, to be willing to take part in what you're going to do. Father, be with our church, be with our congregation, be with those that are here on New Year's Day. Lord, as they evaluate their spiritual walk, as they evaluate their spiritual life, Lord, may you begin to work in their hearts and their lives. Father, I love you and I praise you this morning. In Christ's precious and only name we pray, amen. If you would stand as we sing this song of invitation. Maybe the Lord has spoke to you this morning and just said, I'm done being who I was in 2022. I'm ready to be who God wants me to be in 2023. The reason that we do this last song is to open up this altar and to allow you to spend time in prayer either here at this altar or here or there in your seats. But I would just ask you to seek the Lord's direction in your life.